Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Plus minus. Curry, way Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. We here. We back. Hello and welcome back to a late, late off-season edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast um, with Tim Kawakami again. I guess, again, I said late offseason, but I feel like this is number two of the next season. Yeah. <laughs> this is not offseason anymore. This is early preseason. And yet, are we holding our roster spot open for the, the, the unfilled spot? Is Marcus, are we holding it for Marcus? Or We're not only holding a third roster spot open for Marcus Thompson, it's a max contract <laughs> slot. <laughs> no, like, like, we're like, we can't offer you anymore, Marcus. We can't do anything. We're just waiting for you. Now, championship pre- Proven. He's good with the vets. He's good with the youngsters. He's a little prickly. I mean, I don't know, but the roster spot's held open. We, we, we're just going to have to keep it open. Mac McClung is the other chance that we might add to the podcast. But what uh, right what's now, the biggest thing going on with, with the Warriors right now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I talked to Bob Myers on my podcast. We could talk about that. I was kind of riffling through some things that have come up just to try to but what, for what was one of the first things you asked about Andre Iguodala that I was going to relate that to Marcus Thompson they're waiting for a Andre Iguodala answer we're waiting for a Marcus yeah. Thompson answer. maybe they'll no. walk in Mark- together maybe they'll walk in together or maybe they'll retire maybe they'll retire together that, that might be it you think I think Marcus wants to go run a tech company with with, with Andre it's, it's, I'm not trying to break any news uh break anybody else's news but I think the triumphant return of Marcus Thompson might be next wow week. might Wow, the negotiations. and he is not retiring. I'm putting that <laughs> out there. That's a report. Um, you mentioned I wanted to get to the Bob Myers conversation. You know, you had it. it's on the TK show right now. Fans want to go listen. I listened to it this morning. What was your biggest takeaway? Mine, just because it's a little subtler than others, is when I mentioned the Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole extensions. Because you know I me, mean, I've said on the show. I think I've even written like those are the two. You don't need to do. Draymond or Clay or anybody else, and he immediately put Draymond in that. It's like Wiggins pulling Draymond, like those three guys. Like those are the guys we're talking to. Can't say anything about whether it's going to happen or not, but those are the three that we want as long as they'll, you know, we can. And then I said, okay, well, you know, Draymond's the natural one. When you talk about salary limits and what's going to happen down the road and luxury tax, like that's the one you look at. Like we've talked about it. That's the guy you'd look at if they've got to make a major move off of somebody, one of the foundational guys. That might be the guy. And Bob's like, no, 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 no. I can't even think of that. I can't even say the words. So that makes me think there might be something going on there more than we might have imagined. I don't know whether it will happen. I thought it couldn't happen because Draymond's on the record. He wants a max. And he's never had a max, by the way, right? He's he's maxed out what he could earn, because, but because he's doing extensions, he's never gotten the max. 
and he still can't, right? He still can't, can he? No, he said, yeah. and that's the thing. And that was even when we reported it, we had to kind of like contextualize within it. His max right now is just, you know, a slight raise off his current money. I think it takes him to 30.1 million. We put all the numbers in that story, but, you know, whereas Steph Curry's max, what does Steph Curry make? 51 like, or something. Yeah, yes. something like that. Yeah. But you know, still thirty is obviously pretty pretty steep. Uh, you know, when when <laughs> considering their tax bill, I mean, to me, uh, I said the same when he was saying that. How quickly he roped Draymond into the conversation, made sure he did was not that we didn't know this, but it was like, uh, Draymond wants one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Dr- Draymond. Whereas Clay is in the same position, right? Clay's like the same. Uh, well, I, I I guess you could say Clay's less. You know, I guess he's further away from uh, unrestricted free agency because Draymond has a player option and is willing to use it if if it makes sense next summer. Um, so I guess he's closer to free agency. But yeah, that to me told me like, you know, as much as Wiggins may be coming and Poole, obviously that conversation's coming, like Draymond wants that conversation to, to, to maintain. We could say either, you know, Bob very much being the good GM he is, he wants to at least make sure Draymond knows that they're addressing it. They're not just saying, eh, you know what, maybe. That's one side of it, but that could be true. And also the same thing could be true that they are really talking about it. Now, the numbers get really weird. Like, you know, that's why I've kind of said you don't need to do this. The numbers, are, we've, we've gone over and over and over them. They're going to go into $400 million. If they're giving Draymond three, $30 million a year, they're going to $400 million. There's just no way around that. And there might be almost no way around it even if you don't. So... I mean, we're talking some financial jumps here that Joe Lacob has told me they're not doing, uh, not specific to any player. So it, the equation becomes very tricky. And like, and then Wiggins at, what, 29, 30, 32, 34, 36? Poole's not, certainly not going to come in for anything less than you know very close to 30. Then there's, what are you talking about, salary limits, right? <laughs> I mean, there's just no way you're keeping to them. So it's a mental thing, a math thing. It's a, you know... How, how does this all happen? I don't know. But so that surprised me. Like that came out of like, he made a point to say Draymond's in that. They're having these discussions and they can't imagine that they would ever say that's a guy that they're not, they, they don't need to be with. They're not scoping that out. They're not whiteboarding it. He did say there are financial limitations involved with all these, but that jumped out to me just from the big picture. And, you know, people tell me and, you know, other media people or friends say, you know, Bob Myers never says anything, you know, never says anything on your podcast. Other guys say something on your podcast. He does. It's like, you know, he does. Like, if you really listen to it, if you listen to the context, it, there's some interesting things there over, like, and, and you have to know what he said and what he hasn't said. And by putting Draymond in that conversation, I think was a pretty large sign that he's at least like option one, two, or three. Like, that is something they are actively looking at right now. Whether that comes out in the deal or not, I don't know. That would be my large, large picture. Slater, what else did you think? Did you get out of that podcast? You know, staying on that conversation though, because I mean, it's it, to me that is like such a monster topic. It's, it's part of the reason we wrote that huge thing on it. Was what's interesting with Draymond is he actually, assuming he picks up the option next season, I think it's like twenty-seven point five or something like that. His actual like max next season like I said, is only like 30.1. So let's say you did work rearrange something where you gave him a slight bump. He doesn't spike your tax bill that much. Now, if you lock in long, you know, a big long-term deal with him, then you're just, your flexibility is wiped yeah, you're away. Not, you're not going to get out of the tax effort. That's, yeah. That's the yeah. But, you know, I mean, 
again, and this is something they probably study and know with internal conversations better than we do, but this there's another cap spike coming with this new TV deal. Now, next season is the red alert season where we already kind of know what the limit is. And, and if they, like you said, just, you know, caution to the wind, Wiggins, here's 30-something, Poole, here's 30, you know, Draymond, here's your, your full max. That is when they get beyond 500 million on the on the tax bill now what's interesting about that is like there are other ways to maneuver out of a large chunk of money james wiseman's making 12.1 x that times eight basically uh, and that's a tax slice you know clay thompson's 40 something million like what's kaminga I, I haven't looked at the exact number in a while but i mean he's seventh overall pick that's a large chunk of money not saying they want to move off we know what their priority is in the future but there are different other ways to maneuver off money that is not necessarily those guys. That to me is part of the reason why I don't see extensions coming because this is such a time where the players rightfully should ask for huge money. They just were massive components of an NBA title, all three of them. That's never been the time that the Warriors have been like, okay, now is a great time to negotiate when they have time. Whereas what he referenced to you was the Steph Curry contract. There's a reason they were willing to give Steph Curry that extension. There was a decent chance that that was going to become a bargain for them. The four-year 44, yeah. The, the greatest yeah, four contract, for 44. The greatest team-friendly contract in the history of the world. It turned out. At the time, you didn't know. At the time, you didn't know. But there was at least room for that. Whereas if they just go, Wiggins, here's what you earned. Poole, here's what you earned. Draymond, here's what you earned. There's not really room for them to grow that into much of a bargain. Where if they wait, they have more flexibility. Maybe they have to give these guys that contract or a little bit more next summer. Or maybe, you know, Wiggins oh, they lose, away. Yeah, they lose one of them. You know, uh, but yeah, look at what they did to Looney. I mean, they squeezed him. I was going back and listening to some old podcasts we did right after the offseason. We're all going, like, Looney could get 12, he could get 14, he could get 15, whatever. Slater had him down to Sacramento for like 20, you know. It, it could have, right? That's the value. And was, was he ends up getting like six a year? I mean, it's like guaranteed. Seven a yeah. year, yeah. yeah. It's like they do negotiate hard. With Steph, they haven't because you can't. With Durant, you can't. But they, you know, Draymond because he's taken extensions, they have not had to go to top dollar because there's only so much he could make. But they do negotiate, and I'm sure they're negotiating it with at least Poole and Wiggins. Now Draymond, you know, you don't want him feeling under loved, right? That's one thing that there are a lot of other things that go with that. I have said, and I think Marcus has said, I think you've said, like that is a person you're going to look at. Just how long is this peak going to be for him? He played really good in the playoffs, though. Played really good in games five and six of the finals. Uh, maybe not so good in three and four. But um, it becomes like they can negotiate, but these guys are not going to take, nor should they take less. You can take it a year, which is what I thought they probably would do. Listening to Bob, I, I think they might maybe get one of them. I, I, I'm just going to say I, I went from like one, in, you know, maybe Wiggins and maybe nobody to thinking it might be Wiggins and Draymond. And that's, I was shifted a little by just his emphasis on Draymond. Again, we know the numbers. I don't know how that all works because I don't think it does, frankly, uh, unless they're getting off of clay like completely. And I don't think they're going to get off of clay into the future completely. In the future, certainly not right now. Uh, it's tough. I don't even, again, because I don't know that this is some grand possibility and like so much would have to play out. But if you got 
you know, I don't want to say team friendly extensions, but if you could minimize Wiggins to, you know, high twenties, so you're slicing a little off his current deal. If, you know, Draymond, Draymond would have to sit right around where he is if he's doing an extension. Um, pool, you know, that if it was Simons or slightly above Simons level, and you know, you got off of James Wiseman's twelve point one million, for example. Next summer, I'm talking. You know, let's say it just like doesn't play out well this year. You actually do kind of start to cut the tax bill a lot because twelve point one x ten or whatever uh, is a bunch. Of, I'm not at all saying that is like in the cards right now, but they're. To me, time is so helpful for them in this situation. So if there is a situation where, you know, something team friendly presents itself, I, I, I do think, particularly with Poole, it would be a good time to jump at that, right? Because he's the one I think this season can, like, spike his deal if he has a huge offensive season. Wiggins, you know, because he's unrestricted, maybe the argument could be made. But uh, unless he's given team friendly, uh, you know, I, I don't know that he has a chance to just, like, go into max territory, you know, his max, which is beyond what Pools is. And then Draymond, I, I mentioned it, though. The interesting thing with Draymond is, like, his raise doesn't really spike the tax bill next season that much. It's more about are you willing to lock in long, long term at big money for him? Draymond really wants it. I think that's what more than anything is driving this. Like, he, he probably wants it more than the other two. He has always wanted the extension, right? He's always wanted the extension right when he was eligible for it. That's why he signed. He could have hit the market and then gotten larger deals. Like, you know, th- three years ago, th- even, you know, the w- one was rookie deal. After his rookie deal, he didn't need to do those at that time. Uh, and he did because he wanted, like Steph did in his rookie extension. He wanted them the, the deal. We'll see with Draymond. Do you get a sense that Pool really wants the deal or that Pool maybe would be willing to play this out another year? Again, you know, we haven't been around them on a daily basis in a while, so it's tough for me to say for sure. My sense is like it's not a must. I mean, Pool's at a stage of his career in a complete like trust yourself stage where let's say he went into the season without one. There's a high level of confidence for him that he's going to have a huge offensive season. He has shown what he does offseason over offseason. That's part of the reason like he is such a smart guy to lock into and like to believe in long term I should say because like he has shown his work ethic and what that produces which is like he just massively improves like pretty rapidly early in his career so if you're him I don't think you're too concerned going into the season already knowing that you've boosted your value into like you know nine figures over the course of a contract range and you could go even further he's gonna be a high level scorer like or at least he's gonna get the opportunities and I don't see any reason to believe that would decline. I mean, to me, the argument against Jordan Poole has already been made, which is like, you know, West Finals, NBA Finals, okay, you might be, you know, you could target him on defense. But the world knows that already. To me, his suitors are teams that don't care about that. Potential see, there's suitors a lot of guys are who are targeted on defense who are making quite a bit of money already uh yeah and, well and also yeah. like do you think the orlando magic care if like the boston celtics <laughs> are targeting jordan pool in the what in the east finals they'd be like we're in the east finals <laughs> like what are we doing oh my god this is great go shoot as much as you want jordan absolutely no question uh and we've seen it time and again those you know that kind of player is valuable in the nba gets money in the nba and a player like kevon looney doesn't get money like like is it the almost the ex- total extremes on what is valued on the open market i was even saying gary payton second and he got a better deal than i i thought he would but it's better deal than the worst that he did but again it wasn't a huge deal it was just a good deal like those aren't players that 
teams they want points they want creativity they they want to put 120 points up on the board you know 62 times a year so that you know that there's excitement in the arena and other teams have to worry about it and jordan Poole i saw does that. that recently i apologize to whoever put it out there but it was something like the orlando magic hadn't been above a bottom 10 offense like they hadn't been out of the 20s in offense in like a decade or something like that i mean there's there's plenty of teams out there that like if jordan Poole just can help you know drag them into a league average offense just with his efficiency and, and range and creativity like that is worth it you yeah. know what i, no, mean? I agree I and agree. who are they else are they paying the money to you know something like that so. i agree if i'm him i wait but uh, but as i told bob who's asking me like i thought steph if i was steph that time i literally wrote he should just play it out if not paying him 17 million a year we can go back david lee was making like 16 and steph takes 11 i was like what are you doing like that's not even what you should do i understand he was had the ankle all those issues it's just interesting to go back through there some of the context uh what did you think about what bob said about iguodala uh, any change your mind at all about that situation Slater? um you know he's making it clear that i think he used the word this isn't like a charity addition like or it isn't just like hey it's andre Iguodala because he's a legend we have to give him a roster spot it's like no they really want it and if this is that's that's not news to me and you I put out, you know, last week that Iguodala is going to, you know, make his decision on his podcast. You know, he had said it on the podcast. I just tweeted it out. And then Andre clearly, you know, I mean, if, if I'm reading this correctly, which I think I am, had read some of the comments under what I had put out that were just like telling him to retire. You know, there are fans out there like, hey, man, just retire. And he tweeted at me like, you got some cool fans. No, or whatever. I didn't see to that. Me, that is I missed, him. I missed that. You know, he's looking at it like, you know. I assume, like, you know, he's given so much to this franchise. And to me and you, we know how much he still matters behind the scenes. But I think sometimes fans, understandably, can't feel that because they're not around, right? They just see the games and they're like, hey, Andre's out again. They don't know what he's doing over there in that huddle, what he's doing in film room, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's part of Bob saying that is not only is it truth, but it's putting it out there. Like, no, Andre, like, we really, like, need you more than just, like, hey, man, we'd love to have you because you're cool to have around. It's like, no, like, we need you around. We really think it's going to help us win a title, which is what they care about. Yeah, it's they're a better team with Andre Iguodala than they are without him. And uh, I think Myers really wants to communicate that. I think they feel like there's a good chance that Andre's coming back. I've felt this now for a little while. I think I said this last time we did the podcast. It's like, it just feels like he's, if he wasn't going to play, for sure we would have known about it. And he's thinking about it, and he's contemplated what it means, what his next step is, his family, all these things that we know carry, that mean so much to him. But I think there is, hey, when Steph Curry is like telling, and Draymond are telling you, like, we need you, we need you to be somebody, one of our peers, one of our leaders, and also to get these young guys, like, Steph and Draymond don't want to be rounding up Jonathan Kaminga and, and, and Wiseman and Patrick Baldwin and Ryan Rollins. This whole fleet of really talented youngsters they got. Now, they don't want to be having to worry about that all the time. That's what happened when Andre was gone, and they didn't like doing it. Andre's perfect for that. And so, and even then, like, you look at it like he didn't play very much, but when he was healthy, he played a lot of minutes. Like, it just tells you how much Kerr still Too many, actually, right? Yeah, probably. Like, yeah, he played like 26, 24. Like, what is he doing? Just because the, the team runs more smoothly with Andre Goodall out there. So... Again, we don't know. Andre probably doesn't know yet. I, I think this is closer to him coming back than than not. If I had a guess, I could be wrong. And the Warriors seem to be all full out. We are trying to get him. As, as Meyer said, we're trying to persuade him much more than he's trying to persuade us. And there's a reason for it because he really fits what they do. He fits still 
the basketball when he's healthy. Maybe he'll be a little bit healthier. I was interested too. That I asked Myers like just hold 15th spot open for him all year, and you threw that out that Slater, uh, and I thought it was like yeah, that's exactly what they could do. And he didn't. Myers said nah, probably not. They hope it not. And they want it 14. They want 14 players. It cost, what do you say, it cost them $12 million to have Gary Payton on the team last year because of the, the multiples? Because you have it the whole season. Now, what you could do is, let's say you like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson, for example, and he's willing to sign, or whoever you like is willing to sign a non-guaranteed deal up until I believe it's about January 10th. That's a maneuverable roster spot. Gary Payton the second. there was times last year, like if Gary Payton the second like just like sputtered early, they would have probably cut him. I remember even going up into Utah. They, they were about to. They were playing in Utah, and like the 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 deadline for when contracts guarantee was coming. And Kerr was asked, like, "Hey, you know, like Gary Payton's contract gets guaranteed in a few days." And Steve was like, "I will break some news right now. Like we are keeping him around because you know he was such a good rotation piece." But like, let's say Iguodala is more of an option for later. I'm not saying that, but like, let's say that's what materialized you could have you could keep that 14 spot maneuverable where you still have a guy now yeah non-guarantee uh and maybe that's what develops i think they will like that 14th player and they will want to keep that 14th player and it would be hard for them to just bop them out for you know if it's you know it's not going to be gary payton a second level player probably but it might be uh and it would be tough again these are all things they're going to decide in camp we've seen them change their minds in camp we've seen it was avery bradley avery bradley absolutely avery bradley then it wasn't avery bradley i was kind of laughing to myself like bob saying you know gary payton the second just made he just took that spot he just I was like, did he even play that much in camp last year? I think he was hurt last year. He was hurt. He yeah. played 11 preseason minutes. That's it. I mean, they knew. They knew from summer league. What I he think. could do. They knew from summer league, too. Like, he had a good summer league that year. So, I was just kind of like, yeah, I forgot that, like, he grabbed this thing in a way by not playing in the preseason. But I thought it was, that was interesting. You know, like, Bob even saying, I hope nobody gets that 15 spot. Because, again, you go $12 million for that roster spot, counting luxury tax. You go to Bob, like, oh, yeah, we just paid $12 million for Mac, you know, Mac McClung, and he played zero minutes in the playoffs. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Uh, that was great. So we'll see. Again, things can change, but I thought that was interesting, too. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
The other thing with Iguodala, I mean, you mentioned Steph and, and Steve Kerr obviously have campaigned. Really, anybody that matters is telling Andre Iguodala they, they prefer him back. But, you know, they've been telling him this probably, I assume, since the start of free agency. Like, he could have latched on at any point. Clearly, he it's also about what his body's telling him, what his mind's telling him. And, and as much as it's a no-brainer for the Warriors to bring him back if he wants to come back, like from the Warriors' side, it's a very easy decision. I can understand, you know, even if he is such a benefit to the Warriors, like at some point he probably kind of wants to move on with the next phase of his life. And to me, that is where it seems to me the agonizing still must be going on. Because like I said, like this has been open to him for forever, essentially, uh, this offseason. So it's hard for me to know which way he's leaning because I feel like if he was like ready to come back, like he kind of already would have. <laughs> I lean the other way. I think if he wasn't coming back, we would, again, who knows? And, and again, I don't think he's made up his mind. He's going to, whatever he feels like at whatever the deadline is that probably when they get back from Japan, I think we're all looking at that time as, and, and the Warriors will see where their roster is at that point. It's a good life, right? If you really like, play 40 games, get to go through the playoffs, hang with Steph and Draymond and Clay, play a lot of golf, uh, do the podcast. It's not terrible life. Where he's at, and I understand he's got some pride. He's a great, you know, borderline NBA Hall of Famer, and he doesn't want to be Udonis Haslam. I think that is one mental barrier. Like he just doesn't want to be seen like as somebody they're just carrying. They're just carrying. But I think they're saying no. They're not just carrying him. He he would be. He's still a vital, elemental part of this. So so we'll see. It's so true to the Warriors, Iguodala, for this to be continuing a conversation, right? It's still, it's just who they are. Like, they continue this conversation. I will bring up just what's your thoughts about the Steph Curry stuff about, you know, the Rolling Stones, stuff we all knew, but he had not been on the record about how they wanted the Kevin Durant back. They loved playing with him. Like, this was something that they seriously, like, were thinking about. I, I don't know that he said, like, trade offers were close, whatever. It's not his trade to make. That Steph came out so hard about how much they would have liked to play with Kevin Durant again. Your, your, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, look, they weren't ever close, so that should be known. Like, this wasn't... I don't, you know. as I, said, I don't even know how they would have done it. I, I still don't quite get how they would have done it, but go ahead. I mean, yeah, this was never, like, in a boardroom, you know, the entire, you know, panel of the boardroom of the organization comes together to discuss, like, you know, trade offers. This is... It was just... Wow, well, I, every team in the league at this point probably looks, can we get him? Should we get him? And, the, and and they had conversations clearly about it, which, like you said, Marcus, I remember at the time, uh, you know, reported that. And I think people pretty much were knew that, yeah, knew who that was. He had checked through that one on that one. Marcus checked, and everyone knew. That's the glory of Marcus. When he writes something like that, everybody knows. Like, he did check through some very important people before he wrote that yes. one. Yes. Um I thought it was, and this is kind of what you guys talked about. It was interesting that Steph was willing to like go on the record and say that, um, you know, put his name, like literally a quote behind it, which I had a probably similar reading that you guys did, which was they want to view those Durant years in, uh, you know, glory more than, you know, like it's some like taboo topic. You know, that remains the problem in Oklahoma City. Even when I go back there, it's like it's very difficult to discuss with Thunder people the best years in the franchise's history because the sourness of how it ended and the fact they never won a title. That's a big difference. And they would say that between the Warriors and Thunder. Like, it's easier to say, hey, look, we won two titles, whereas the Thunder never won one. But it's still like, I don't like for the Thunder that it's hard for them to talk about the Kevin Durant years. Whereas the Warriors 
have been better about just embracing what they were and wanting to say, hey, like, look, maybe the last year was a little uncomfortable, but like they were awesome. And I think that's a little part of what Steph was saying. Yeah, I agree. And I just like the fact that you're just saying, yeah, what you guys were talking about. I was like, me and Marcus? Oh, no, me and the Trent general manager of the team. I, I am amused by that. But I agree. It's a little nostalgia. It's like it was good. These, you know, it was a really good and important time. It wasn't the whole time. And it wasn't the whole part of this era. That's the greatness of Steph, right? It's Steph is so big that it started without Kevin Durant. It continued with Kevin Durant. And it's continuing without Kevin Durant. And championships and finals trips, all those things happen with, without. It's, it's all Steph. That's the greater part of this. But I do think it's very important to Bob. And we know Bob might have been the closest guy, you know, along with Draymond off and on to Durant this whole time uh, of the major pieces in the organization that Bob put in the work with Durant, right? Bob was the one that and they talked about this. Bob was the one who talked to Durant on the flights and talked him down. And, and, you know, when we know that Kevin goes up and down, that's just who he is. He even says it himself. And I think it's very important for Myers to not feel that that was just, you know, this temporary, weird, you know, hot button, hot take, angry situation. And it was at times, but over the length of it, it wasn't. And it was beautiful basketball. And I think that's what Steph and Draymond and Clay are communicating. And Andre, it was beautiful basketball. It was it was some you know, unsurpassed basketball. And they want to remember that and they want to think about it and they want Kevin to come back at some point and you know put as as Lake said like the day the deal happened they he's signing with Brooklyn like his his number's going to be retired like is his number going to be retired in Oklahoma City I might have asked you this later but is it can oh, you Oh they have to have to eventually they'll probably wait till his career's over um Not a long but, time from now right a long time from you now. know like you remember when Shaq just got it in Orlando and he played four years in Orlando and and it didn't end well there right but they came to reconcile there will be there will at some point in the future be like some big Kevin Durant day there and some sort of even if it's behind the scenes reconciliation whereas with the Warriors it's three years two titles you know the deal went well for everybody it, when he did leave I mean obviously it was kind of acrimonious at the end but they like both sides were like man that's fine let's pivot Durant turned into the Wiggins you know Kaminga trade essentially as, as has been written about endlessly so I think yeah I I, I mean I, I do think he, he will eventually get his number retired in Oklahoma City just like Westbrook will you know what's funny he still hasn't played a game in front of Chase Center fans still it's he's hurt or there's yeah there, the one time was during there's the a massive yeah. pandemic yeah he will maybe this season we'll see but i think it will be a warm reaction I, I do think that and i think steph and draymond will almost demand that there's a warm reaction i think you know joe lacob and bob myers and steve kerr and maybe kerr would be this to the sort of the side on that one but that's okay oh he'll uh, be sitting there clapping on yeah, the side oh he coached them in the olympics i mean you know you can't say that they haven't had interactions so Ron Adams will hug him, all those things. And this just this, this Steph commentary, I think, is, is why we're talking about this so much. It's, it is reflective of that. They want that time to be remembered for what it was mostly, which was incredible basketball, which was they were the super villains. Everybody was the minutiae. The Washington Post had somebody here. ESPN had multiple people parked here. Everybody was swarming around that team, and they won a lot. Uh, and they dealt with the attention. At the end, it got a little, you know, not great. But mostly, it was this incredible fusion of talent. Uh, and the Warriors were flattered that 
Durant wanted to play with them, and Durant was flattered that they wanted him to play with them, uh, and it was really, really fascinating. You know what? It might have helped launch the Athletic Bay Area. I'll just say that. And and so I'm nostalgic about it too, but we also can't, you know, wipe away that it got pretty bitter there. It got really weird there. That wasn't just the media. That wasn't just the minutia. That wasn't just the, you know, the overcoverage. It was real. There was Draymond Green screaming at Kevin Durant on, on the court. That's when it started. It didn't start... Anytime before that, that's when it started. But I also appreciate that times can change and people's moods go up and down. And they want to remember that fondly because they do remember it fondly. All right, let's spin it forward to to close this podcast. I think next week we'll probably do some type of a camp preview. We'll see if the the Marcus holdout continues, but uh, we might just have them. Yeah, I mean, camp is is on Saturday. You know, (laughs) not this Saturday, obviously, but the Saturday after it begins. So let's just close this out with like, just like one, what's one thing heading into camp on the court you're kind of curious about patrick baldwin and ryan rollins we have not seen them like we literally have not seen them and we may not you know we don't get a look at camp drills but just what do they look like in a uniform shooting the ball and then into preseason what you know whatever is going to happen in japan but specifically the the exhibition games that happen once they get back from japan like what do they look like are they going to play at all uh i think ryan rollins has a chance to get some minutes uh, as a fourth guard fifth guard whatever you say it and you know especially in nights that that steph is is out or maybe even nights when some other guys are out uh baldwin might be a little further just because he's a young big and young bigs tend and we've seen with wiseman they you know it takes him a while but I just want to see them. Like I, I think they're both talented. In my my senses, but are they up to speed? Uh, what do they do? What's their spots on the floor? Who can they defend? I have no idea about that. And and Meyer said they're both. And after missing summer league, they're both on full go right right now to to play. You know, right away for, for the first day of camp. So let's see. I, I just want to get a feel for who they are because I have no idea at this point other than video we've seen from college. And you know, we know that often doesn't mean what they are in the pros at all. It reminds me a little bit of the Pool Eric Pascal draft where, you know, Pool was the 28th overall pick. Pascal, I think, went 41. But the second rounder was always thought to be readier and more likely to crack a rotation than the first rounder. Pascal, he made a first team all rookie. Now, a lot of that was because, you know, what that roster deteriorated into after injuries and everything. But I just, I, I do think. Baldwin, I'm more curious, like, how does he look in Santa Cruz? Like, I think it's going to be much more of, like, a project season. Whereas Rollins, you know, you mentioned in camp preseason early on, like, like he's got to show he's ready or else, like, they might need to get an extra guard. It seems like kind of they're pinning this side. Not that he has to play nightly minutes, but okay, they, you know, Steph misses a, a handful of games or they do the type of game where it's like, you know, everybody sits or all the veterans sit. Like they need Rollins to, to, to be helpful on an NBA stage in those type of games. They're high on him, but we didn't see him in, in Summer League. Like you said, that's why they went and got Max McClung from the, from the Lakers Summer League because they needed a point guard because it was supposed to be Rollins. So, yeah, I want to see Rollins and obviously. Got to see James Wiseman. You know, we saw him in, in summer league. We saw him with, with you know, in a, in a low-stakes environment with younger players, around younger players. How does he refit back into the Steph Curry, Draymond Green environment? Which was difficult for him as a rookie, but he was starting to gain some sea legs a little bit. Then he tears the meniscus, and we don't see him for so long. So, like, 
he's right up there among just like you know eyes on him on most days is he just one of the guys like he's just been off to the side he's been oh my god this incredible athlete and wait till you see what he's like but it never was he's just part of a unit he's part of a group he's part of this he's part of that i think they very much want that to happen probably attached to jordan Poole, maybe in a second unit explosive second unit kind of thing i've thrown out there the the kamingo wiseman i'd be curious might be terrible but i'd be very curious to see what that looks like and just be among a group of guys, not separated, just like it's part of this young group. And maybe that'll happen. It's just, it hasn't happened for a lot of different reasons, pandemic, injuries, all these things. But uh, does he fit in? Does, is, is he a cohesive piece of what they're trying to do? And, and I think they're really, really leaning on that happening, like this camp into the regular season. And, and let's see if we, if we feel that. Yeah, we will begin to get answers about uh, nine, ten days from now uh, when camp starts and then a quick Japan trip. So, uh, Tim, thank you for coming on. And we, uh, you know, if anybody wants to listen to the Bob Myers uh, interview that we talked about plenty on this podcast, go to the TK Show feed only on the Athletic app. Must uh, no, 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 no. Now it's now out in front. It's, oh, it is. Yeah, it's everywhere. Apple, Spotify, everywhere. It's uh, amazing. It's rate like, review. <laughs> rate review us. Rate yeah, review the they hit Jam that like button, whatever. I don't, you don't have to do yeah, that. Uh, there you go. <laughs> you do whatever what you want to do with that one. It is now, though, out in front of the paywall. Who can you? Who, who would have thunk? Uh, I do like it. So, so my guests can be heard by everybody. This is all good for everybody. Okay. We will talk to you next week. See It's a great time.